John chapter 6, page 1070, I think, and we're starting at verse 35 and going to verse 51. Brilliant. Thank you, Andy. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews began to grumble about him, because they said, he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so here we are, first week of Advent. Uh, but of course, Tom wanted to open all of his Christmas presents early, and so he jumped the gun, and we started our Advent series last week, and the title of the series is, Why Did Jesus Come? Or as I've sort of titled it in my head, what is all the fuss about anyway? Why are we devoting so much energy to celebrating this particular baby who was born in a particular stable in a particular time and place in the Middle East a couple of thousand years ago? Uh, it's an excellent question and one that's worth asking as we head towards all of the chaos of Christmas. But before we get into that, I just want to ask, uh, what sort of Christmas presents do you like? What sort of, do you like Christmas presents which are something that you want? Something that uh, seems interesting or maybe surprising or beautiful or inspiring? Are you the sort of person who likes Christmas presents that you need? That thing that is just going to fix your life in some way? <laughs> that that, that um, tool that's really useful that you haven't got? The thing you haven't got around to going and buying? That thing that's starting to run out and you'd like some new ones? Um, you know, do you prefer jewellery 
or socks? Do you prefer books or tools? Who's a, who's a things I want kind of person? Ooh, ooh, we've got, okay, okay. Who's a things I need kind of person? Okay, that's interesting. My wife keeps asking me what I want for Christmas, and I keep saying, a surprise. <laughs> and she's like, no, but what surprise? And I'm like, if, if I tell you, it won't be a surprise anymore. Just surprise me, which she finds very, very infuriating. But uh, there we go. I'll have to drop some heavy hints. Well, I've got a picture of a guy on the screen today, if it's going to work. Ah! Um, a guy who knows one or two things about the sorts of things that we need. This chap. It's a little bit small. Does anyone know who that is? I'm not expecting you to know who that is. You might not be familiar with him, but you might be familiar with this triangle that he came up with. Does anyone recognize that? Ooh, Maslow, good. We've got some people who know, who have been on some training courses, I think, probably. Yeah, A-level psychology. Why am I giving you an A-level psychology lecture? Well, Maslow, in the 1940s, came up with this triangle, which sort of describes what, how he understood our needs. Because he said there's different sorts of needs. There's physiological needs. There are the things that we just need physically to survive. We need air. We need water. We need food. We need shelter. We need sleep. We need clothing. We need reproduction. We won't talk about that too much. Um, we need all of that stuff before, we, before we're even able to think about the next load of things, which is safety, and then love and belonging, and then esteem, and when we get to the top, self-actualization. We, do we have the space? Do we have everything that we need in our lives to become the person that's the best that we can be. Now, obviously, you know, you may have some questions about this. You might disagree. None of these things are perfect. But I think it kind of makes sense. It sort of rings true. It says, getting to the wrong page. Here we go. It sort of makes sense. Because there's things that we, we recognize here. There's the things that we need, the things that we, to, uh, we need to survive and then thrive in the world. And fortunately, we are, we're lucky enough to live in a time where probably most people, where we live, don't have to worry too much about their physiological needs. And actually, a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about self-actualization. But sadly, we also live in a place and time where there are people who don't even have their physiological needs met. But whoever we are, wherever we are, I think we're all, we all sometimes find ourselves in a kind of wilderness. We find ourselves in a kind of space where we don't feel like we've got every need met. We don't have everything we want, especially when we feel like we've lost something when some of the love and belonging that we had has gone away, when some of the safety that we had has gone away, perhaps even when some of the self-actualization that we had has gone away, we find ourselves in a kind of wilderness. So what's all this got to do with why Jesus came? 
Well, Jesus goes on and on in this passage. And if you read the whole chapter, he talks about it before and after this passage, about a story that happens in Exodus 16. You can look it up if you like. The Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. And they're grumbling to Moses. If only you hadn't led us to freedom out of slavery, then at least we would have been fed. They're fed up with being in the wilderness and they just want to be fed. They just want their basic needs to be met. And in short, they've stopped trusting that God is going to meet their needs. And God responds by raining down bread from heaven. They call it manna, which just means, what's this? What's this stuff on the ground? Food in the wilderness, which they could harvest and they could eat. This was about their physical survival. And it was about God meeting their most basic of needs. Now, you may have noticed that I like a good grumble. Thankfully, my grumbles are rarely about where my next meal is going to come from. It's more likely to be something like the weather, or people celebrating Christmas too early. No offense, Tom. <laughs> Strictly come dancing, being moved because of the football. Yeah, you see, that's divisive, isn't it? Some people are like, yes! But Jesus in the middle says, stop grumbling. Because like the Israelites in the desert, the people haven't noticed that God is at work in front of them, among them. And he says, I, I am the bread of life. Not just I will provide you with bread, but I am the bread. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? But you remember what the manna meant for the people in the wilderness. It meant survival. It meant life. It meant God's provision. Jesus is saying everything that you need is here in front of you. It's like there's Maslow's triangle with all of the things that we need to get through from day to day. And then there's this whole other triangle, which is just Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You need Jesus. Now, I don't think that Jesus is saying that those everyday needs that we have don't matter. In fact, I think God cares a great deal about those everyday sorts of needs that we have. And I think it grieves God when we don't have the food we need, when we don't have the shelter we need. And in fact, I think it grieves God when we're not able to be the person that we were made to be. And I'm not here to peddle some sort of prosperity gospel which says, if you put your trust in Jesus, then all of those human needs will be resolved and all of your problems will magically disappear. Because we live in a broken world. And there is no getting around the fact that sometimes life is a struggle. The glorious message of Christmas is not that God wanted to be rid of this messy and broken world. It's not even that God wanted to evacuate us out of it and take us to some 
glorious heaven where those, where those things are no longer a problem. The message of Christmas is that instead, God chose to come and walk among us in spite of all of the messiness. To be a drop of life-giving water in an arid desert. To be a light in the darkness. To be food for the hungry when they are starving. And Jesus reminds us that all of those needs that we face from day to day are temporary. We may need bread to live on today, but sooner or later our bodies will fail us. But in Jesus, we find everything we need, not just on a day-to-day level, but on an eternal level. Because Jesus isn't just any old bread. Jesus isn't even Marks and Spencer's bread. Jesus isn't even just the bread that God sent down from heaven to keep people alive when they were hungry in the desert. Jesus is the bread of life who brings eternal life. Now, it's easy when we hear the word eternal life to jump straight to heaven when we die. Jesus comes so that we might have life in heaven when we die. And actually, Jesus does say we will be raised up on the last day. But I think it's really easy to miss that Jesus is calling us to have eternal life here and now, that we live our lives here and now in the light of eternity, that knowing that we have tasted of that bread, of that eternal promise, our lives here and now are transformed. How can we trust that that is true? Well, Jesus says one more thing in our reading today. And this is something that would have sounded very strange to the people who were listening at the time. He says, this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. What are you on about, Jesus? First you're saying that you're bread, and now you're saying that the bread is your flesh, and it's for the life of the world. But we can see, perhaps because we know what happens next, that Jesus' body was placed on a cross. And on the night before he died on the cross, he shared bread with his friends and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Jesus gave up his life upon the cross and rose again only to to defeat the power of death and sin. That is the sign that Jesus can be trusted. I was struck recently, Tim Keller, the American pastor and writer, uh, I don't know if you know, he's been fighting, or he's been living with terminal cancer for uh, for a number of years now, I think. And he was being asked about that and how his faith related to that and how he could continue believing in the goodness of God in the face of all that. And he said, if Jesus Christ is resurrected, then everything's going to be okay. 
If Jesus Christ is resurrected, then everything is going to be okay. We may find ourselves in all sorts of wilderness. Perhaps you are someone who's struggling to get food on the table or to warm your home. And I hope that if that is you, then we as a church are able to support one another. Or perhaps you feel like you've got everything you need for your own physiological needs, but you're still reaching for something. But I want to reassure you, whoever you are and whatever wilderness you are in, there is a place set for each one of us at the heavenly banquet. Because it is the Father's will that anyone who looks to the Son, who believes, and who feasts on this bread of life will have the life of eternity. And we will hear in next week's reading how Jesus came that we might have life and have it in all of its fullness. We can place our faith in God who is faithful. And whatever our wilderness, God has come to join us in it, to meet our deepest need, and to invite us into that life of eternity. So let's pray. Lord God, you invite us. You invite us to walk with you. To feast on the bread that you give, which is eternal life. And you come and you stand alongside us in the wilderness you transform our lives and the way that we live in this world. Help us to trust in your unfailing faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.